Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, the 98.2, where attitude is everything. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Piper Diamond Company. Uh, this man is the custom jewelry studio, the diamond source to all the stars. So when you see the, uh, this hang in there, that's Piper Diamonds in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's also sponsored by Panerai, uh, with the right mix honor and history and heroes. Panerai is the perfect fusion between design and technology embodied in Panerai watches. I want to welcome to the show today, uh, I think one of the most iconic barbers in the industry, but not only that, but I I think that Jay-Z said it like this. He said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. And this man embodies that. Uh, He is uh, the future of the professional beauty industry and the future of entrepreneurship of what it looks like in our country. Uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. John Mosley. What up, what up, what up? Man, I'm excited to be here, brother. I'm anxious. Well, we were talking about it earlier because we, we switched up cams too because he was on his laptop and uh, then he went to his phone. He looks so much better in HD. Uh, I asked him if he, if he had the ashy cam. Uh, the, the other one. <laughs> Do I look light-skinned now? <laughs> I went from Draymond Green to just Drake. <laughs> I love having you on, man. It's, it's so cool because what I uh, what I love for the listeners to be able to hear is like realness. Um, people who do great things but are even better people, and that's the reason why I wanted to have you on because um, I've been watching you over the years and watching you just ascend, ascend, ascend. But in your ascension, you've always got people around you. You've always you're always bringing people into the cuff, and you're always mentoring uh, people. But you have a great crew around you. Uh, let's speak about that and where that came from and why do you want to do that? Uh, for me, it was simple. You know, um, it is crazy from how we met day one. It was like, we was like distance cousins for, and we just figured out that we was cousins when we got all to the barbecue together. But, you know, it was, it was, I was raised with family all around me all the time. I was always raised with family around me. I never, uh, like, growing up in my household, it was cousins and everybody. That was like our house was like the meetup house. And so growing up seeing that, you kind of take on what your family presents you at an early age. And some are great things and some are bad things. And As adults, we have to figure out what parts of our life from childhood do we remember that we want to take and still implement as we continue to grow. And I think family was one of them. And... Just going through this industry, I realized like people will take advantage of you. You know, people will try to try to use you for everything they could use you for. And then after they get what they need or after they use you up, you're pretty much cheesecloth. You're no longer good. They'll cut another square from somewhere else and do the same thing. And by me going through that process, I felt like to be a mentor to me, that word means more than just Googling somebody and saying, oh, this person sounds cool, like they do what I have interest in, but do you really know that person? Can you pick up the phone and call that person? Can you really like talk to that person? Is that person going to really help you through the mistakes that they made in their career or things that they've gone through in their life? And to me, that's what it's kind of been like for me. And that's why you always see me with, if, if you notice, it's typically the same people around. I don't really let too many new people into the circle. It's typically the same crew, the same people. And 
you know, some of, some of my team members have heard from the outside, like, oh, well, you don't need to be around him no more. Like, he's done all he could do for you. But if you're only looking at it with a shallow depth of field, you only see what's in front. So you're only looking at what I'm doing on this part, but not at the inside of the person, not changing their mindset, not helping them become a better human being. So a mentor's work is never done in my eyes. So it sucks that other people will try to place that in people's minds that, oh, someone's done with you. That's like saying, Kelly, your stylist can't grow no more with you because you've done all you could for them. No, that's not true. It's always more to do. It's almost always more to input in people. And that's, that's what I'm about. Well, it's, it's funny that you say it because I've had, I've had multiple people, man. I mean, uh, this, this uh, within our company and around me where I've had kids, I had, uh, what? <laughs> this is going to be funny because I said it to a guest. Um, I had one kid come to me and they had grown from, I think two uh, within like two and a half years, they, they reached six figures. Uh, they got down to a four day work week. And for like five years straight, they were in six figures, uh, only working four days, 38, 32 hours a week. And they came to me and said, I really don't see a future here. And, um, uh, but it, it plays to that. I mean, it plays to that, but it's also to, I mean, I have to take the responsibility for it. I think that this is a great uh, thought process as far as the mentoring, um, you know, when you're, when you are mentoring and then it's never done. And I love the fact of what you say, because we're in the Paul Mitchell culture. And if you're a future professional out there, you know what I'm talking about? How many times, how many um, form letters, John, a year do you get saying, I want you to be my mentor? I probably opened probably about 40 yesterday. Okay. Now, but they're all exactly the same. They read, they read about me. (laughs) And then they, they send you this thing and they say, you're my mentor. And I I tell you what I say to the kids is if you're going to send me a form letter, I'll send you one back. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you want me to be your mentor, then call me. And I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe a mentor, if, if you're my mentor, if I get advice from you, I actually apply it. But if I get advice from you and I don't listen to it, you're not my mentor. No, you're just somebody you had a conversation with. There we go. There we go. So for all you future professionals out there, seriously, you want John Mosley to be your mentor, you want Popular Notability to be your mentor, like ask him real questions. And I'm going to ask him real questions today because we, we want to dive into like people see the Popular Nobody brand. We see one of the most prominent barbers in the barber industry and I see that you really changed the game, which we're going to get into later. You really, really changed the game for, uh, you know, th- there's a stigma. We'll go to this later, but I want to hit it right now uh, just to, to tap on it. There's the influencer who is out there doing a bunch of stuff, making a bunch of videos, doing all the things, doing all the right tags. And then there's the person who's doing a lot of stuff, but you are the person who married those two together and was able to put it put it on a different level. So we're going to go there, but I want to go back in time. Who was John Mosley in grade school? The same person John Mosley is now. Actually, uh, uh, believe it or not, I, I've always been a shy kid. You know, um, self-confidence wasn't my best attribute on the playground. Um, I always was like the kid to know, though. Like I hung out with everybody. I talked to everybody. Still to this day, I'm the same way. Um, that was me. I played sports, but I loved just being around team. I loved being around my people. I just loved hanging out, you know, and not necessarily always in the streets, but that's just with my pack. Like I always 
Like I'm still friends with dudes that I went to elementary school with, you know, like I still got, like when Drake came out and said, no new friends, I really don't really have too many new friends. I have new associates and new acquaintances, but friends, people that will walk through my doors to break bread at my table, at my home, is kind of the same crew. So where do you think that came from? You said, uh, you know, self-confidence wasn't the, the highest. I mean, because I think that um, you, when, when I get a chance to spend time with you, I mean, your attitude, like your smile, seriously, if you get a chance to be around him, just listen to this. Go to YouTube. You got to watch it. And you got to see his smile. Dude, you light up the room. And you're not trying to be in anybody's face. Um, you never have been. You've never been that with social media. You've never been that in, in places with people. You're simply, you're like, you got the, the warmest smile and you light up the room. Um, People from the outside would be the world. Uh, he's the most confident guy in the world. He just plays at this level. Um, you just said about uh, you know maybe being a little bit self-conscious. Wh- where did those things stem from? From a, uh, you know from early on and things like that. Man, I was a fat ass kid when I was younger. Like I had big man boobs in the fifth grade. Like I was just like I was just that kid that you know. I, I was athletic, but I was like, I had the Paul Pierce body. Like I was athletic, but I was like still the fat kid, you know? And uh, like, I had my own way of like dressing and all of that. So it wasn't like, I, I didn't fit the mold like everybody else, you know? And so I think that's where that came from. And I think that's what gives me the confidence now to know that I'm, I'm comfortable like when I first got with Paul Mitchell and I had to do the bow tie thing and stuff like that, that wasn't me, man. I wasn't comfortable. That was far from who I was. This is me on the everyday hoodie, you know, sweatpants, shorts, t-shirt, like that's me. So when you see me now in this, in this person, that's who I am. And before on, as a kid that like just growing up, not having that self-confidence, you know, Right now, some of the stuff, and I'm sure you could contest to this, some of the, the the crap that was being talked to us on the playground now is considered bullying. But that was actually character building. <laughs> Back then, we was building who we were, but now people are like, oh, you're bullying. Nah, man, like, don't be so sensitive. Like, they actually helping you <laughs> right now. And you got to take, you got to take, uh, ownership of what they saying and change it because if not this is what they see you know that's why it's so funny when people are like man kids are so brutal they say whatever they want yeah they're kids if you want to know about you go ask a kid wow they'll tell you <laughs> they'll tell you the truth about you well i I'm, i wasn't as big of a fan of the last chris rock uh, uh stand-up special uh, wasn't a big uh, huge fan i mean I was a fan back in the day it, this one wasn't great but the one thing that he went at was he was talking about the thing that's missing in today's society is bullying. Um, and and uh, now, if you're getting bullied, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get in trouble on this and get you guys. But I like what John was saying, I think it's so important where when you hear from a kid, like uh, my, my uh, son, you know, hit me in the stomach yesterday. And he was, uh, you know, he, he was like, bam, he hit me. And I tightened it up and I was like, boy, you know, I got this. And he looked at me, he's like, pop. I'm the only one in the family that has abs. And I was like, <laughs> family, I was like, this boy just dropped knowledge. And then he just went off and played his switch. Um, you know, so I love that. So uh, I know that you have a great relationship too, um, which I love with your mom. 
Um, and I know that your mom instilled a lot of <clears throat> discipline, hard work, character. Um, tell us some of the things that your mom, uh, you know, instilled as some of the sayings that she had. Like, and I would love to know some of the sayings that she said that at the time that you were like, what are you even talking about? And now you actually use them to help your brand grow. Uh, I, you know, yeah, me and my mom, our relationship is amazing. Like we talk every day. Like it's not a day that don't go by that I don't FaceTime my mom. I wake up some morning text when or before all of this, you know, situation that we're living with right now happened. My mom will still make me check in as an adult. Like if I'm getting on the airplane, she's like, boy, you better text me when you get on that plane and take it off. And you better text me when you land. And if I don't, she'll text me like a day later and be like, so have you landed yet? And it's like, so I still, I still got, you know, parental guidance. <laughs> um, but my mom, some of the stuff that she would like tell me, uh, the other day we were talking and she was like, son, you know why they have, like air traffic control is like mentors. And I was like, I was like, okay, like feed it to me. And she was like, the reason why a pilot can fly the plane the way a pilot flies it is because he has somebody ahead of him guiding him. And he has to make sure that every passenger on his plane is safe. She said, one thing we both know and understand through travel, turbulence you can't see. But somebody ahead calls back and say, yo, it's about to get a little bumpy. Prepare your plane, prepare your staff, prepare your passengers, and let them know to buckle up. We're going to try to go over it or under it, but I won't keep you in it. And to me, one of, that's like a quote that I live by, like especially with my team for helping us grow. Like, you know, um, everybody's scrambling right now. You know, I see more people trying to be an influencer. I see more people trying to do uh, online education. I see more people cutting hair on doll heads and stuff like that. But as calls are coming in for me to, you know, jump on calls with schools and talk to the FPs, I tell the school straight out, I'm not doing any haircutting. And everybody's like, why? And I said, the reason why I'm not doing haircutting is because what we're living in right now these students are at the age group where they might see something like this again happen. And the one thing that everybody is lacking is business. You're lacking business sense. Kelly, if me and you never, if we never rode a bike another day in our life, we could go get a bike out of the garage 20 years from now, hop right back on that seat and get rolling like we never put it down. Same thing with haircutting. It's the same thing with, you know, what we do in the beauty industry. If we know formulation, you know color. If you can read the color wheel, you know color. If you know how to section a straight line, you know how to cut hair. But think about so many salon owners, barbershops, stylists, and barbers are all suffering right now. They're not suffering because they're worried about their client leaving. They're suffering because they're worried about Am I going to be able to financially make it through this week? That's the problem. So I'm telling all schools, listen, I'm going to give you more than what my value is. You're looking at face value of what I do with a pair of clippers and scissors in my hand. But really, my value comes up 
when I'm able to speak to the students about what you said, how I was able to bridge the gap, marketing, branding, building a brand, putting a team around. One thing most people don't realize, you come on this earth day one through partnership. Your mother and the father made you, that's a partnership. In the middle part of our life, we lose the fact that we need a team because we get so jaded by the devil and outside worlds telling us, you don't need nobody, you can do it on your own. Then think about what we hear in our industry. I became a barber. I became a hairstylist because I wanted to be my own boss. Wrong. Then when you're, when you're on your death days, there's a team of doctors trying to save you. When you die, there's a two-person team that pick you up in a white van and drive you to get you prepped. The day that you are being buried, there are six people carrying you to your final resting place. There's three people putting you in the ground that works for the team of mortuaries. What people don't realize is we lose faith in having a team around us because we don't get taught the stuff in the middle. We don't get taught the business. We get taught the skill set, the talent. Think about every creative Instagram influencer right now. And I know somebody might hear this and get mad at me. But, oh, well, if it's you, I'm sorry you're offended. But every Instagram influencer right now can't be an influencer right now. Why? Because they didn't take the time to get creative themselves and learn creativity themselves. They relied on a cameraman to teach them how to be creative. Mind you, me and you both, we got one of the same awesome camera guys in Brad. Brad is creative, but we also have vision ourselves. So we tell Brad the vision that we have, but then we let him go create the creative side on his half. Where most people right now, it's nothing for us to cut hair and let some videographer shoot the shots and make this thing come to life. But now you ain't got it. You're home alone with a doll head. You're home alone with no human interaction. Where are the influencers now? Pow. Yeah, if you, if you do get offended on that, I think that, uh, you know, you just need to follow the pattern. I think that the, the part that, that I keep hearing, uh, you said partnership. You said uh, losing faith in a team. Uh, <laughs> losing faith in a team. I mean, that's what our industry, you know, you look at this stuff. I actually had, and John, I'm, I'm not, uh, this is, you know, it, it's amazing the, the, the revolution that people were telling us that was happening, which was the independent. Like, hey, I've got to be independent. I've got to be by myself. I've got to do all this stuff. And now when something hits like this, it's like everyone says, we need to be together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just joking. I was just joking with you. You know what I mean? Um, I love that. I love, uh, I love where it's at. Um, John Mosley seems to be, I mean, you seem to be doing the right things. You, you know, you're doing phenomenal video, but you drop it at the right times. You're, you're not overpowering people with it. Um, and you're almost causing people to come to you. Tell us about, tell us about a, 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 some bonehead decisions when uh, John Mosley was growing up, um, you know, because it seems like you got the Midas okay. touches. Uh, when, you, when you touch it, it's gold, and you're doing the right things, and you're saying the right things, and all these things. But when did John Mosley mess up? I messed up a lot, man. Um, I wasn't a great reader growing up in life. And, uh, you know, one day in, I had a championship basketball game. And my mom was like, okay, you got to read and then I'll take you to the game. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so I did what all of us have done. We act like we read, close the book, and then we like get dressed and get ready to run out the house. So my mom was like, so 
read me that that whole page. And I'm like, that's the page I didn't read. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, here we go. So it was three words that I kept stumbling over the whole time. Every time she told me to read, I stumbled. She said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive you to the park. Before you get out of the car to go play that game, you're going to have to read me that paragraph where those three words live. If you stumble on those words again, I'm going to continue to drive. And you will not get out the car. I was like, all right, I got it. Went to read. And I'm like, la, 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 la. 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 My mom drove off. Championship game. She drives off with me still in the car. And those words have never left my thought process ever again in life. Those three words was curiosity, increase, and desire. And my mom broke it down into a sentence for me. She said, John, curiosity will increase your desire. It's up to you how you apply those three words. And ever since then, those words never, never have left my heart, my mind, life lessons. I used to have a bad habit of saying, I know. Somebody told me something, I'm like, I know, I know. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that ever did this. But it's, I think it's a boy thing. Like, boys be like, I know, I know. That's our way of just saying, we don't want to hear no more. We don't know nothing. But that was how we would do it. And so one day, my older sister, Lily, grabbed me by my chest like a bully and grabbed me. And she was like, boy, if you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I said, well, you're absolutely right. And ever since that day, I stopped saying I know, and I started becoming more open to other people's ideas. So let's fast forward to, let's fast forward to the present, right? Oh, well, let me ask you this. Who's your, uh, who's your favorite NFL team? Because we support the Titans here. Um, uh, all of listeners know that. Who's your, who's your team? The Raiders. Oh my gosh! Let's, <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on, my heart, Elizabeth. I'm coming. I'm coming to see. <laughs> you're, you're a Raider fan. You never. Man, told me. if you were the beginning of our relationship, I would have been like, "Yo, man." I mean, we could be distant, distant cousins. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, we're family, and you didn't tell me Raiders all day long, all day black long. and silver. All right. All right. So let's fast forward to the present. We know John uh, grows up with uh, uh, your sister uh, straight, you know, getting in that butt, letting you know, got mom driving away from a championship, a championship game. <laughs> can you imagine your mom? I-, I can picture your mom right now. You're on your way to the biggest hair show and your mom's like, do this. And you're like, yeah, whatever, mom, because I'm popular nobody. And your mom just drive off, lock the door and drive off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's crazy? I was still respected. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was still respected because Mama knows best. <laughs> My mom used to say she was like five foot, maybe five foot, maybe five foot one on a good day. She'd be like, "I don't care how big I am, I'll get on a chair and beat you with a broom." Um, you know. And then my grandma was the same way. She's a little Mexican woman. She would just beat you with a pot or pan and yell obscenities at you. Um, she was phenomenal. My my mom is five ten, so. Oh. My mom is no little woman, and she's from Georgia. She used to pick cotton. So, yeah, she's with the stuff. So I just, 
you know. <laughs> I ain't messing with that. No, me either. So let's, uh, let's, what's that? I ain't messing with it either. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, a story that, before we go on to the present, uh, this is, this is a story that I heard about. I don't know if, have you seen the Behind the Music on Lenny Kravitz? No, I haven't. You gotta watch it. It's phenomenal. One of my favorite artists of all time. I'm uh, Lenny. If you're out there, um, we need to have you as a guest on the show. It'd be huge for me. Um, hey, we know, should start a we should start a Lenny come to Kelly campaign on Instagram. That's what I'm talking about. So I got and you know what? His agent is actually a client of our salon. So oh, well, there it is. What I'm talking about. So we're gonna get you, Lenny. I love you. Uh, you're amazing. And um, so, but I watched the behind the music on him, and what I didn't know is, well, I did know that his, his mom was on the Jeffersons. You know that. Mm-hmm. She was uh, Tom Willis's wife on the Jeffersons. And his, uh, his, his dad was, a, I believe, a producer or director in Hollywood. And, um, and so he grew up around all this amazing talent. And he was, like, in the, the arts programs. And, you know, he went to high school with Slash. Um, wow. And, you know, seeing Lenny Kravitz, you're like, wow, this person, you know, he's just a rock star. That, you know, how did this happen? And then you watch it and you're like, how? I mean, I understand how this happened because what he was around. Most people don't know the, the popular nobody, the guy who seemed to, for a lot of people, like, wow, you came out of nowhere. You There's overnight success. You were around hair shows as a kid. Like, you were around these things very early on. And your mom, like, your mom's a real OG. Am I correct? Correct. So, Take us through this, like little John around hair shows. What did you pick up on? What did you see? And how did it help you to be able to form what is now known as one of the most iconic brands and popular nobody in our industry? Being able to be around hair shows at an early age just taught me uh, how beauty can help people. How like putting all this art together in one room. But it also taught me, you know, be thankful that we have this creative mindset and utilize it. Being able to run around hair shows at a young age taught me how to interact with people. It taught me how to interact with other minds. It taught me how to be open to individuality. It taught me how to be open to all different walks of life, all different personalities, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing, being openly, being open to accepting everybody's openness at a young kid i'm backstage i see boobs at you know seven years old i'm like oh that's a boob like now when you see boobs you're like oh that's a boob but just being that young and being backstage and model prep and seeing all of that stuff it's like to me now i'm home when i'm backstage now as an adult when I and Kelly, you see me right before I get on stage. I have no nervousness. I have no fear. I have zero. I feel like I don't pre-cut none of my haircuts because I feel like people are coming to see a show, and if they want a show, damn it, I'm the guy that's gonna give them the show if that's what they came for. And that comes from being around it at such a young age. Like my mom era was like Big Bad D from Detroit. Like people don't know these hairdressers. I've been to Brown and Brothers before it was cool. You know, I've been to the, all the major hair shows. I know Alex Irving, who helped put the Long Beach show together. I know OGs in the game, and I'm, I'm just quiet about it because at the end of the day, I've been around this my whole life. Like, this ain't nothing new to me. Like, 
of an influencer. I've been around influencers before the word came along that really people should be looking at and reaching back to and asking them to get influenced. So that's what I've been around. And for me, just having that young presence in the, in, in the world, thankful to my family, to me now, when I, when, it's time, when I get called to go to a show, it's showtime. I, I have fun. My mindset is kill mode. I have that Kobe, rest in peace, mama mentality every time I get called for a show. When most people prepare for a show on Saturday when they land, I prepare for the show when I hang up the phone. There we go. Well, I, I remember there was a, a quote. I believe it was Ozzie Newsome, And uh, when he got in the league, they were doing a, um, a, uh, a special on him on the NFL Network. And when he got in the league, he, uh, he scored his first touchdown. And he slammed the ball. He spiked the ball huge. And he told uh, the, the screen, I believe it was uh, his mentor pulled him aside and he said, I never want you to do that again. He's like, what are you talking about? I was happy that I scored. And he said, you acted like you weren't ever going to be there again. What it helped me to understand is, you know, like in hearing you, um, you're not celebrating like it's never going to happen again. You're comfortable in that place. And that's what resonates from you all the time. Like I remember the time when I called you for caper and you remember this, I called you for caper and I said, Hey man, can you just do something for me? And you showed up, you made this kid's world, his whole career, which was crazy because I knew this was the last stitch effort to try and reach out to this kid. He was not doing well. He wasn't doing great things, but I wanted to reach out to him to help him to understand we can help your dreams to come true. Let's get focused on something else. But when I called you, literally, like that, you said, good. And then you walked out on stage, just like what you're talking about. There wasn't a preparation, anything like that. You rolled out and you kept that demeanor. And I just think it's amazing. So let's fast forward to the present, right? And the future. Let's mix these two together, okay? Kid comes up to you. John Mosley, you're the best. You want, I want you to be my mentor. I want to do what you do. What's going through your mind when you hear that? Redirect him fast. Redirect him or her fast. And the reason why it's the statement of I want to do what you do is what I redirect. I invite and welcome you asking me to be your mentor, but I will redirect you on what you're saying you want to do what I do. There's already one Kelly. There's already one John. There's already one Brad. There's already one Jess. It's already one Brooklyn. We don't need another one of us. We need another one of you. So my thought process to help this person gain the knowledge that we have and the mindset that we have, but do it your way. So let's, let's break this down too for our listeners. So, uh, you never do this. And I'm going to ask you as a friend to do this because even when we're talking in public and private, we'll be talking. And that's the only time you ever tell me these things is in private. You never tell me I'm on stage. You never say this things. Let's talk about some of the influence that you have, like in the barbering game and some of the people that, that you take care of. Now I know one of them is one of the biggest artists in the, in the world. Um, one of the biggest hip hop artists in the world that gave hip hop a revival. And I remember you talking about him before he hit and you were talking about him. And I remember you saying his name and being, being like, mm, doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Um, <laughs> and you were like, yo, I got him. He's coming. He's better. Who were you talking about? Kendrick Lamar. 
Can you say can you say, can you say it one time? Kendrick K. Dot Lamar. Kung Fu Kenny, uh, all those names. Okay. So tell us some of the people in the uh like in, in sports and, and in hip hop that, that you've got a chance to be able to work with. Because now for me as your friend, um I I like hanging out with John, right? But for people listening, this you know, I, I just got to talk to Tom Bajic the other day and he does nails for all the Hollywood elite. And he's like, he was telling me a story. He's like, oh yeah. Uh, so uh, one night we were having milk and cookies with JLo and she turned and said, I said, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and he just went on with it. I was like, no, no, no. He's like, what, milk and cookies? I was like, no, brother. Like you were having milk and cookies with JLo and she just made you a peanut butter sandwich. This sounds like a Charlie Murphy's uh, <laughs> Hollywood stories. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he said, like, <laughs> And J-Lo got up and made me a peanut butter sandwich. And I was like, that's normal to you? So who are some of the uh, hip-hop artists? Who are some of the uh, uh, sports, uh, you know, sports figures that you're taking care of? Um, just of, of recent, uh, I, was, I flew to L.A. to work with Chance the Rapper and Randy Newman. I don't know if people know who Randy Newman is, but he wrote this, the theme song for Toy Story. Um, you know, everybody knows who Chance the Rapper is. Um, so I got to work with them, too, for Chance the Rapper's five-year plan video, like, live thing that it still haven't dropped yet. Colorado Rockies baseball team, I was their barber. I helped them build a clubhouse inside of, like, help give guidance in what this barbershop should look like inside their clubhouse. So I still cut a lot of those players, the Trevor Story, Ian Desmond, like, and, like I said, Kendrick, I've been on tour with Eminem and Rihanna. Um, I worked with Royce the 5'9". I've worked with uh, D12. I've worked with Bryce Harper, the Washington National Organization, the NFLPA organization, um, Ice Cube, Iman Shepard. Like, I've, I've worked with some real, real top, top dudes. Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns. I've, I've worked with a lot of top, top guys. and. I just don't show it. I just don't talk about it because to me, it's like that's not what's important in today's world. What's important is how I help somebody get past the point where I'm at. Well, and that's why I love it. And that's why I didn't start with it because a lot of times people will lead with that part. I remember meeting a guy and I was at a party and he's like, he introduced me to his friend and he's like, yo, this is John. He's got uh, 3,500 followers. And then, and then he introduced me to another girl. He's like, this is so-and-so. She got 750 followers. And I was like, and I looked behind her and I was like, well, no one's following you now. Like, <laughs> that you're going to have like 3,500 friends behind her. But that's why I don't want to leave with this because I think it's so important to people that if you do what you love and you have a great attitude, great person, all the rest of this stuff will happen. Now, you're super chill all the time. Super chill. You don't get hyped uh, unless you see me. Like, when you see me, you're like, oh my gosh, it's Kelly. It's so great. No, I'm just joking with you. I hit the button like that. Yes. Um, like, who would you get freaked out about? Because we all have that one person. Like, mine, I could tell you mine. Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery. You know what I'm saying? Like, two and two. Love Connection, that dude had the most game on the planet. Like, we're going to get him on the show. He actually, his daughter uh, went to school here in San Diego. But two and two, I mean, Char like, every lady that was on Love Connection wanted to hook up with him. Nobody even paid attention to how much game he had. Oh, he was, I mean, he was the, oh, like, 
he was the next level. Like those guys maybe got a date, but you know, you know, he was crushing. You know? He was he was the white version of Billy D. Williams for the black people. Yeah. Like that was that that was Chuck Woolery, the like Billy D. And then the Mexicans, you know, is they slid into Doseke Man, the the original one. Like, and he gone now, so y'all got to come strong. Y'all got to give us somebody. <laughs> so who's your, like, I, I said that I wanted to have Chuck Woolery. I wanted to be cutting Chuck Woolery's hair. Or no, I wanted to be cutting Wayne Newton's hair. And then have Chuck Woolery in the waiting room and walk out and be like, Chuck, I'll be with you in tune, too. So who, <laughs> who, is, who is your, like, like your ultimate? Um... Mine is different. I don't want to cut the hair. I just want to have a conversation with Jay-Z. With Jay-Z, okay. Would you freak out? Nah, I probably still wouldn't freak out. Give me a freak out, though. You got to give me a freak out, like, oh, my gosh, this is so, so. My, uh, my girl one is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt from Party of Five. <laughs> I'm not talking about new, like, Ghost Whisperer or whatever it was. I'm talking Party of Five. And then if we go, we're going deep, I'm talking Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano from uh, Who's the Boss? Sam Maselli. If you're out there, Sam Maselli, hit a brother up because <laughs> a blue van will ride it up. Tony Danza and uh, and Sam Maselli. Uh, who would be who would be your freak out? My freak out. Uh, that's a great question. You know, I, I, honestly, I don't know because I'm so chill. Like I just got I got ice water in these veins. Uh, probably. Rest in peace, Kobe would have been my freak out because I just, I grew up with him. Like I would race home to watch the game because of him. Like we were down there in the same age group. Like, so I grew up watching this phenomenal dude who had not all the physical attributes, attributes, but he had the mental attributes. And so for me, those people, for me, that's why I said, Jay-Z, like, look what this guy is doing. And then Kobe was that other guy. Like, he wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the strongest, wasn't the tallest, wasn't the biggest, but he was one of the best at what he did, if not the best. So, like, for me, I'm, I'm with those people. Like, that's who, like, mentally where my level of thinking is, is that, like, I wake up and I listen to Eric Thomas in the morning. And then, you know, I listen to Jay-Z, I... Uh, Listen to Lil Wayne. I watch Kobe, you know, listen to Kobe stuff. I got everything saved on my laptop. And, like, I, shit, I, I send that out to my team every morning. And, um, you know, for me, it's, like, those type of guys. Like, I, would, I wouldn't, like, freak out, but it will be, like, in, inside of me. I'll be like, ooh, snuff. Like, yo. It wouldn't come out on the outside. I can't lose my cool, you know. But on the inside, it might be bubbling. So I'm going to continue to search in our friendship to find that person that's going to freak John out on the outside and the inside. What would you ask Jay-Z? Like, if you got to sit down with Jay-Z, you got one question, and then you're done. You have to leave the room. What's that one question? How did you stay consistent? Pow. So who was your weird crush growing up? Like, that you didn't tell any of your friends, that, and I'm talking movie star, like, I had a crush on... Um, uh, Kimberly on Different Strokes, but no, didn't tell anybody in my friend group because we watched Different Strokes for what you're talking about, Willis, and watch Willis and watch Arnold. But I was like crushing on Kimberly. Who was yours? Uh, you didn't tell anyone about. Probably Peggy Bundy. <laughs> hey, you were, 
<laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Peggy Bundy. Yes. I've never heard that. That that just dude, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to go where it goes right now. Because that, that does your wife know this? She doesn't. No, I just told the world. Nobody knows. So Peggy Peggy Bundy, if you're out there, I got a friend that has is needs to meet you. So let's go, let's go to the present. Uh popular <laughs> We're gonna mix the we're, we're, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. It was. I don't know. I was a kid. Okay. I, all right. That's that's you. You went to a you went to a place, John, that I didn't know we were going. <laughs> I got you red right now. That should be the one. <laughs> right now. Um, we're gonna bring it back to the present. Okay. Popular. Um, Peggy Bundy's the CEO. Uh, <laughs> Rosie Perez. It was a few. Rosie Perez, you know, Jennifer Lopez. But I think everybody liked those girls. Like Rosie Perez, man, you went Peg Bundy, dude. You got to stick with your Peg Bundy. Yeah, yeah but that, I think because nobody was even looking at Peg like that. They was like, oh, that's Al's wife. You know what I mean? But Peggy was cool. Yeah, all right. She was hot, man. I mean, in popular nobody kind of way. She was rare. She was redhead. You didn't even see too many rare hair, redheads back then. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I love it. Um, so let's go to the present and the future together, right? So you got the you got the brand. You tell a kid that says, "Hey, I want to be you." Um, you tell them like, "Let's let's unpack that. Let's back up and let's be yourself," right? Um, what do you see? Um, what do you see happening? Um, number one, we got the uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen. We got that stuff happening. Um, we got an industry that's changing, right? It's been in, it's been in transformation form for a while. Um, let's go to part question. What do you see, uh, that's happening with popular nobody as you move forward? And then let's talk about the industry as far as like, let's talk about Star Wars, right? I talked to a guy the other day, this nuts, and it's a thought provoking, provoking kind of scenario. But what he said, John, is he said, every hairdresser that I talk to is always talking about like, you could replace anything and automate anything, right? But hairdressers, you can't do that. And he's like, really? He said, if a surgeon, this blew my mind, if a surgeon can perform heart surgery with a robot and not be in the room, don't you think that someone could cut hair with a robot? Yeah. Whoa. So popular nobody, industry, let's go. First, the thing that we're seeing right now with COVID-19, clipper sales have went up. So what is that saying? People are still cutting their hair at home on their own. Barbers are not buying equipment because why? They're trying to save their money. But people still are learning how to cut hair. So that whole thought process is a negative thought process of that people can't do what we do. No, we're showing them every day how to do what we do. On, if you look on Instagram right now, we can find any tutorial on how to do a lineup, how to do a fade. How to, we're giving that away to them. And you're running your business away. I see people teaching people how to color hair right now. Like my wife is a hairstylist and she got people texting her like, what should I do? What should I use for box color? And she's like, that's called a color correction when we go back to work. So if you're willing to pay that color correction, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do but you're going to still pay me to fix it after you're done. And then her clients are like, nope, never mind. So for me, we need to stop just 
but in the internet right now and take a breath and breathe a little bit and give people knowledge on how to strengthen their mind and not worry about their beauty while they're sitting in the house. The people that's going to make it out of this are the people who didn't just go to the gym. It's actually people who strengthen their mind. We could all have, like you said, your son hit you earlier. It's like that. I'm the only one in the house with a six pack. That sounds like Maddox. You know what I mean? Like people don't understand that for me, where I'm going with this, I've already started affiliate program, a popular nobody affiliate program. I just did, I did right before this happened, I, I did my first barbershop in Houston. They buy into the program. What I do is I go down there. The first day of training is mindset training. Then the second day is haircutting. And I put the whole team on the same page. The owner continues to work with me through this affiliate program. His staff then has access to me. I'm doing a Zoom call uh, at the end of this week with his whole staff just to stay engaged with them. We have to now, as popular nobody, I'm redirecting how I teach my education more so for mindset, not cutting. If you could get 12 people in a barbershop or a salon to think like the owner, but the owner has to think like an owner and not like a rent owner. And what I mean by that is so many people own their, they, they own the name of their shop, but they don't run the shop like they own it. And if they do, they're doing it in a negative light. You can't have so many talented young artists and not want to see them grow and not want to help them grow. So for me, it's you got to train the, the young talent how to say, okay, it's okay to be a superstar within your own brand, but you also know you have to work with inside this brand and how to get those boundaries. And so that's what we started with the affiliate program to see the change in our industry. Um, we're, we're, we're working on online education, but not just from me. That's why I have a team in place. So you will see online education after all this is done. I have already spoke with my team and told them that we're not going to start any online education um, from the popular nobody brand until after businesses are back moving forward. Because now it's like everybody's doing it. I don't want to do that. I, like you said, everything I touch, I like it to be gold. And I feel like right now people need conversations more than they need to make us money. And so I'm doing that. So my team is fully aware that once this all passes, we're going to get our academy working. I already have the process, the forms, and everything ready to go. We'll have complete online academy. Um, so that's what we're doing in our brand to help people. Also, I started a nonprofit organization that that is starting the paperwork, the 503C. Uh, it's all being done now as we speak during this. This process started for the nonprofit before this even hit, but it was it's geared towards the beauty industry and life. It's like taking LeBron James Foundation mixed with Marshawn Lynch Foundation and bringing the two together with the beauty world to where we're going to help put people in schools. We're going to help uh, get them education that they don't have to pay for. If you're a single mother or you're a single father, a man that's coming out of prison, we want to be the people that help you get to these spots in life without having to worry about paying your tuition and stuff like that. So that's what our nonprofit is, is, you know, geared for. And, um, 
it's called the Nobody Way Foundation because, like you said, I did it my way, and my way works for me and a lot of other people around me. So it's the it, it fits the Nobody Way Foundation. So we got all that all that stuff going on to help see where our industry needs to go back to. And it's like, I guess that goes back to where, how you said, being around it with my mother and seeing how great our industry was to where we let social media take over the influence of the direction of our industry. We have to go back to the essence. Like this is sad to say, but this is like God hitting a reset button on everything. Respect your water, respect your grounds that you walk on, respect everything. And let's restart it. And now let's see who's going to make it from this point. And so for me, it's like making sure that that foundation is going to be in place to give these people an opportunity, uh, leading with my hand out, not asking for somebody to put something in, but to actually give my heart with it. So that's, 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 that's what we're doing. And I feel like that's the most important for me. I've always been a people person. I've always been wanting to help. I'm always willing to help. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I get, I get the raw end of the stick a lot of times because people look at me and be like, oh, well, he got his own thing. He's doing his own thing and he's not a team player. No, but if you come, if you come at me with a hidden agenda and I sniff that hidden agenda out, then you're going to say I'm wrong because I'm not working with your agenda. But really, you were actually wrong when you came to me with that agenda, knowing that it was only built for your success. Not, I got 20 artists behind me on side of me, around me, that I have to worry about too. So every decision I make, I put the team in place with it too because it's not about me. I have my family and my extended family to worry about. They trust me and know that I'm going to put all of us in a position to win. And sorry if your agenda don't work with it, but if you rather, I'd rather you come have a conversation with me and give me the opportunity to say, okay, let's restructure this around a little bit and then it works for all of us. But if it's just working for you and you're thinking you're going to get the benefit and I think that's what our industry has become. And now we got to reset that. And people like yourself, people like me and, and certain other people will survive anything that come our way because we don't do it with all the wrong intentions. But because so many people have done it so long with all the wrong intentions, it looks right. It's just like when a guy goes to a barber or a lady come in and get a haircut. She might have certain imperfections on her head shape or so many imperfections on the hairline for a guy that we're the people that's like, nah, we shouldn't do that. We should do this. It might not look as great today, but I promise you, it'll look even better than what you used to later down the line. We look wrong in that case. Because why? Oh, you're talking about my last hairstyles. Are you talking about my last barber? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm just suggesting a different way of operation. I'm suggesting a different future for you. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting that you give me the opportunity to do things the right way that I see it work. And people like us get knocked for that because we're just trying to help and we just want to guide you in the right direction. But sometimes people can't take that. Well, how have you been able to bridge the gap too, man? Because there's always been this, um, you know, there's been the, the barber and, and hairdresser. Um, it's almost a division, right? And I think that what's so strange is, and I've said this, I've gotten trouble with it. I said that, honestly, we live in the most, like, the most blatantly and the only um, profession that it's okay to be segregated. 
Yeah. Oh, seriously, like, and when, I remember growing up in it, and you know, grow up in a military family. All my friends were mixed. My dad's Mexican. My mom's white. Everybody was mixed. Everybody was everybody. And then I moved to the South. And then I got into the hair industry, right? Moved to the South and I saw a division, right? Okay, the South. It was Memphis in 1994. But then I, I, I was like, oh, I want to get a fade. And I knew like where I could get a fade the best was by a black man, right? And so I asked my friend and they said, oh, you got this guy. His name is Lindsay. I was like, cool. So I go to this barbershop. I roll into the barbershop. I sit down and no one says hi to me. Everyone kind of looks and then, uh, and then about five, 10 minutes goes by and the person says, uh, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm here to see Lindsay. And they said, oh, and then they went back to work. And then probably 15 minutes, I swear to God, 15 minutes later, no, nothing. My dad's in the room with me. Guy looks over the top and he's like, who are you waiting for? And I said, I'm waiting here for Lindsay. Well, he was the first chair and he was like real close to me. And he looked over at me, looked me up and down. And he was like, I'm through after this. And then just boom, done, didn't say anything else. Now, it was my first uh, feeling into, like, I was like, oh, wow, well, maybe this is the South, right? Maybe this is the South, and this is the way that it goes, or whatever it was. I, I was in a workshop before. I wasn't as, you know, strong, pulled the number, did whatever. But there's two parts to this, and you know exactly where I'm going with this. We're, we have the only business that when a person says, oh, wow, I go to a, fill in the blank here, John, I go to a blank. Black barbershop. <laughs> Salon. Say, fill in the blank for me here. I go to a black, or I go to a white. And in I go to a uh, a blank barbershop. I go to a blank what? Uh, I go to a black barbershop, and I go to a hipster barbershop. Now you have transcended. hairdressers and barbers hairdressers oh i'm fashionable and i'm here and i'm and i'm uh, mugatu and i got the small little phone and you know i got all this stuff and you know i got the bangs over my eyes and i peer through them and you know everybody's on this level and then i got the barber side that's like mm, 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 yo what's up it's all about me and i got this i did a barber show just recently i swear to god i felt like i was in the prison yard and because not because of the people i'm down with the people but everybody was like arms crossed, looking at me like, yo, what you got? And they weren't talking to each other. And I said, everybody, unfold your arms. Look at the guy next to you, because the guy next to you could help you in your success. And they looked, and everyone, it was midnight. And everybody had their glasses on. I was like, take your glasses off. It's not here. Take your glasses off. Look at somebody. Talk to somebody. <laughs> how? I'm going to get in trouble with this, John, because some people are going to be like, how, why are you saying this? Am I lying? I'm going to back you up with this. Am I lying? How have, no, you, how have you been able to take it to another place where when you walk in, you're not John the barber or John the hairstylist. You're not John the black barber or John the, the, the white barber. You're John. And you bring people together. How has that been able to happen? Because most people are like, I got to choose a side. I got to be a barber and be like, yo, I got this thing. I had one dude that did a competition. I'm sorry I'm going along on this. I had one dude do a competition. He had glasses on at night. He had a face mask on before, <laughs> before the coronavirus was happening. Um, and he was just in, like, you know, he was in. And, I, I, and then when I talked to him, he was just a really nice guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> because you really, and I, I want to move this forward because I want people to see that, like, I mean, I think we're cool because we cut hair. But literally, we're not John Gotti. 
Um, we're not, uh, you know, we're not movie stars. We make people's hair shorter. That's it. We put hair on the floor. Um, the way I've been able to do it, honestly, is going back to family. My mom, I've been in the beauty industry before I became a barber. And that's what most people don't realize about me. Me being in the beauty shop every Saturday, I was around it. I was in it. I just didn't do it. And then coming out to me being barber, I started working in the barber world and doing things as a barber that made it easy for me to transition as a barber. I was like, boom, done. So now I had that knowledge from my mom's side. And then I just had to build the, like, even for my mom, my mom's been on the beauty side, but now me being a barber has exposed her to the barber side. So it's been able to cross market from both knowledge. I, I had the right mentor in place and the other side. And I became the mentor on my side to then turn around and mentor my mentor about this industry that we live in, which is so different. And, and the attitudes, the mindsets are so different. But I think what gave me the respect, because me and my team, me and Trevor talk about this a lot. He's like, bro, people respect you, not even just on haircuts, but they like just respect you. Like when you walk in a building, like you get respect without even cutting hair. And I was like, because I proved my point. I don't have to pick up a pair of tools to impact somebody's life. I don't have to show you, look how dope my fades are. Test me if you want to. Like, I ain't gonna test but you know what I mean? Like, I've been, I've been battle tested. I've been battle tested. I, I've done a haircut. You've seen it at Caper. Robert literally said, you got three minutes to finish this haircut. I bang, a, bang it out. Let's go. I love it. Let's party. Like, Robbie, you three minutes, man. That's are you giving me that's a fourth quarter, baby. Let's go. You know, but that's all preparation. And that's like literally how I did it. I, I gained the respect by working on my craft and showing people that I I'm very consistent at working on my craft. I'm very consistent at building my art, but I'm also very consistent with my attitude towards another human being. And that's what gives me that respect level of merging the two. And then I think another key factor is barbers want to be educators. And Kelly, I think I'm going to piss somebody off or a lot of people off, but I'm fine with that. What if we got, I mean, say some that we could get canceled. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> it'll work, you know, but so think about this. A barber wants to educate, but when you educate, are you speaking barber language? Or are you speaking universal language? Because if you're speaking barber language, a room full of cosmetologists will walk out and say that was the worst class of their life. They didn't understand nothing you said. You were speaking a whole nother language. But what I realized is if I want to cross promote, if I want to be able to speak to a room full of 5,000 people, two of them might be barbers. The other 4,998 people are cosmetologists. I have to learn their language. I didn't pick, there's no Rosetta Stone for education in the beauty and barbering world. It's how you merge it all together. So when I teach, if you notice, I speak the same cosmetology language so that they understand it and can walk away 
with barber knowledge, but in a cosmetologist world. I talk elevation. I talk over direction. I talk graduation. I talk layers. I talk, you know, uh, the way hair moves. I don't say, oh, I'm going to just cut it right here and do this and do that. I'm going to do this over here. No, I break it down to you. This bone behind your ear, that's your mastoid. This, most people say parietal, and they only point to the ridge of the parietal instead of saying the whole connecting point is the parietal of the top of your head. Most people think the apex is a bone. No, it's the highest point. But I also break it down even smaller. When I talk apex, I will tell you, the apex is technically the highest point in the head. Can this be moved? Yes, it can. Why? Because I'm going to move it for you. The apex is now the highest point in the section that I'm working in if I'm at the top of the head. Because everything shifts and changes due to bone structure, sectioning, and placement. So I've been able to take that knowledge and make my own Rosetta Stone so that I could cross everything together. And it puts the guards down when, you know, it comes to situations like that where I could come in, I could jump on stage with eight cosmetologists and be the barber, only barber up there, but still speak their language to the audience. I could jump on with nine barbers and speak barber language. Or I could jump in on a mixed crowd and speak everybody's language. And I think that's that's what has given me the ability to merge the two worlds together. I didn't just play in my world. I played in my world so long that I was bored. So I needed to figure out a way to be great and you know, you know it better than anybody else with me is that, you know, if you want to do great things, you got to you got to practice great. You got to do you got to be great at what you do and you got to raise up to the level of any competition or which me to me competition is myself. So I got to wake up and beat my damn self every day. So that's how I've been able to cross it. So do me a favor. Look into the camera right now and give a public service announcement to a, speaking to a hairdresser. Like when I was telling you, the Mugatu kind of feel, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> the, you know, high fashion and stuff like that and thinking, you know, on that level. Not everyone's there. Uh, if you're humble, just don't just turn this out. But if you're feeling that you're above because of what you do, speak to that. And then I want you to speak to the barbers saying like a message of, 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 of what you're talking about too, a public service announcement. Let's go with the hairdressers first. Uh, John, what would you say to the hairdresser? Um, that is, you know, hey, I'm uh, high fashion. I'm this at the other. Not to say fashion is bad. I love it. But what would you say to that kid? Put the ego down. An uh, ego's job, and I'm not talking a bird. I'm talking about that self thing that we build up because we see a small amount of success in such a big world. Put that down because its job, its only job is to kill everything but itself. So if you continue to walk with an ego, you are only feeding something that will kill you. Right now, everybody's ego has to be dropped and erased. We're all on the same playing field. Something my mom told me. Correct. We're all in the same boat. Right now, we're all in the same boat. But what is going to make you different is how you set your sails. Hmm. Let's speak to now. We got a barber that's just coming in, that's, you know, yo, I got to be bravado. <clears throat> I got to have this, you know, rough exterior. I got to have that to be able to be 
uh, you know, do great things and things like that. Like I gotta, I gotta make sure that I have that and you can't crack that. And I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Speak to that kid. Do you know that they make turtle soup and feed you the turtle soup inside the turtle shell? Think about that for a minute. Look up. I want this. I want this. Hold on. You, let's go again. Go, go, go. Do you know that when you get turtle soup, they feed you the turtle soup inside the turtle shell, which basically means why are you allowing yourself to eat yourself alive? There is no reason to serve up a bowl of you to yourself. There's no reason to have this energy and this facade about yourself. At the end of the day, it takes more energy to create a character than it does just to wake up to be who you are. If we walk through life as who we are, you'll see much more success than having to walk in this persona, this facade. Just be thankful that you have an opportunity to touch people and talk to people and guide people. Nobody changes nobody's lives. We just make people's lives better. We have to understand that the customer is not lucky to have us because think about it in these times, we are lucky to have them. Put the egos down. We talk to the Cosmo. I'm going to tell the barber the same thing. Uh, ego's job is to kill everything but itself. And if we continue to walk this earth with egos and I got high fashion, this high fashion, that. Kelly, I got a closet right here full of tennis shoes. But for the past month, I've been in my damn chunk less. So what, what does it matter how many shoes you got? What does it matter what type of belt you wear? Because guess what? You're not wearing that belt in the house right now. A lot of us got thousands of thousands of dollars wrapped up in our closet that we can't even put on. So why worry about that stuff? If we're not getting, like Marshawn Lynch said, protecting your chicken, if you're not worried about how you plan to live your life in the future from this point on with your family and worried about the money that you're able to not make anymore but hold on to, you're in the wrong thought process. we got to change our mindset, barbers. we got to be better, think better, do better so we can have better. Pop. I don't think there's any way uh, to be able to, uh, any better way to be able to finish today. Although I want to invite you back because I want to have a part two. Um, and uh, John, you are incredible. I mean, hearing you today, <clears throat> some of the things that stuck out to me were the air traffic controllers being mentors. Um, make sure, guys, if you're out there and you're listening to Kelly Cardenas' podcast, you listen to this podcast, I want you to write notes. When you have geniuses like uh, uh, John Mosley on, you need to be writing notes. I wasn't. Uh, doing, I wasn't not paying attention to you, John. I was writing notes. Air traffic controller is a mentor. Turbulence, you cannot see. Like turbulence, you can't see it, but your mentors can see it and tell you to go above it or below it. You said partnership. You said that our team, our, our uh, society and industry right now is losing the faith in having a team. And we need to be able to get back to that. And then you were talking about more than anything, more than picking up a pair of clippers, um, you know, more than any of those things, you need to be able to build mindset. What I loved what you said that was so thought provoking, and I want you guys to write this down, <clears throat> is those of you who are putting tutorials out on the internet about doing color, you're teaching people how to replace you. You're teaching, that, that blew my mind. It blew my mind, man. I mean, I, I see it all the time. And then uh, um, 
the thing, the, the last thing was uh, that you get people to own, um, own things in their mind. But first of all, if you are an owner of a shop, an owner of a salon, you have to have that owner mentality and then you have to transfer that into other people and constantly giving and giving and giving. And that's why I think that you're one of the best in the industry, the best to ever do it, John, is because honestly, like every time I see you, you're giving, 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 giving. Uh, send us off with a uh, message, man. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I'm going to let you finish it because you're. <laughs> um, Kelly, thanks. Thanks for always supporting me. I still got the picture day one where we met and you gave me that wristband and I put it on my wrist and we took the picture like Power Rangers. You know what I mean? So I'm always thankful for that. Uh, thanks for always believing and, and, and watching the consistency of what I do. Um, to me, you were somebody I looked at and said, yo, Kelly's somebody I got to stay close to uh, just so I can always have guidance from him if I need it. And I, and I respect the hell out of you for that, not just in your business, but your relationship with Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Your relationship with the kids. Like men recognize certain things from other men and won't give them their roses. So to me, Brother, I'm giving you your edible arrangements. I'm giving you your, your flowers right now because I lift you for that. Because that's, to me, that's respectful. And that's a man. And I, and I got the utmost respect for you. That's why whenever you ask me to do anything, it's like, bro, I got you. you if you tell me we're going to jump off this bridge together, I'm going to make sure we got the bungee cord. That's what we're doing. Hey, how can they get a hold of you? Um, we didn't plug that part of it. Uh, Instagram is what? Uh, my Instagram is popular underscore nobody. If you want to see some of the amazing artists that we got on the team, and we call ourselves a collective because that's what we are. We're all individuals, but we all are coming together like transformers. We're a collective. That's team underscore popular nobody. Uh, be on the lookout for just all kind of stuff. But Instagram is pretty much where you'll find me on the daily. Uh, my new podcast. My new yeah. podcast coming out. Uh, so be a, huh? You said what? Apex. Yeah, 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 definitely. Apex, uh, Apex podcast. Am I correct? A, a, Apex podcast because we're coming off the top of the head. Please, please, please follow. Listen to that. Um, for those of you, I want to thank you so much for being uh, being on the podcast today. I want you to thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can check us out on the Real Kelly Cardenas on Instagram, the uh, Kelly Cardenas on Facebook. You can do kellycardenas.com uh, for all your educational and inspirational needs. Uh, but we want to thank John Mosley, absolute icon. Uh, we love you so much, man. You're off the hot seat. <laughs>